In our message, we will see how, even in a godless world, God uses the circumstances of the world and of our lives to bring us closer to Him and make us stand out. Hi, my name is Dan Slofrom, the pastor at Crosswalk Church in Phoenix, Arizona, and I would like to welcome you to our new message series. It's entitled Stand Out, and we will be going through portions of the book of Daniel, and today's message is entitled Bloom Where You Are Planted. Now, you might be asking the question, why a message series like Stand Out? And one of the reasons why is because a number of individuals have talked to me and maybe even lamented a little bit that our country and our world seem to be going farther and farther away from God. And the question is, how do we stop that? Or how do we bring this, this world or our country back towards God? And so this message series, Standout, we'll be looking at Daniel and how he did that in Babylon and to see how we can be an influence on the world in which we live. Now, when you think of that term being an influence or an influencer, this is something that we really see in our culture. And we have people who have a great amount of influence. I think of people like Joe Rogan as an example. Uh, with the Joe Rogan podcast that reaches, I think it's somewhere around 11 million people. Or maybe even on network TV, when you think of a show like The View, that those individuals, the people on these shows or on this podcast, are always looking to have an influence. They influence things like art and beauty and behavior and thought and fashion and even commerce and morality and faith. And I think that part of it especially is, is what I notice is that their beliefs and what they have to say about God seem to be farther and farther away from God. And so today, as we look into our message, the, really the question is, how does knowing God's power make me an influencer? And for that answer, we go to the book of Daniel and we start in chapter one. At this part of, of Daniel, just to give you a little bit of a background, Daniel was born probably about 620 BC, so 620 years before Jesus. The Babylonian captivity came around 605 BC, so when Daniel was about 15 years old, these events took place. And this is what we're told. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some of the articles from the temple of God. I just want to stop there just for a moment, because as we read through this, you do not want to miss this part. And that is, notice verse 2, the Lord delivered Jehoiakim. So as Daniel is writing this, he, he doesn't see it as necessarily uh, Babylon or Nebuchadnezzar's in charge, but even in the midst of his own country falling, that he knew that God was in charge. He then goes on, These he carried off to the temple of his God in Babylonia and put in the treasure house of his gods, 
Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, chief of his court officials, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility, young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. There they were trained for three years, and after that, they were to enter into the king's service. When, when you look at this just from the outside, from, from a Jewish perspective, this was an absolute disaster. It was not only a national disaster where the, the king was overthrown and now the, the line of David, the king of Judah, was now over. But it was a spiritual disaster as well, that, that they pillaged the temple, that they took all the things of value out of the temple. So it was a, a spiritual travesty. And finally, it was a personal disaster for Daniel. That as you look at him being 15 years old and, and what it says about him, no physical defects, handsome, smart, he would have been an up-and-coming person in, in Jerusalem. And, and you think about someone that age probably thinking about going off to a university or school or whatever, that they have their whole life ahead of them. And now they're Daniel's whole life was not only put on hold, but was destroyed. And very quickly, what Daniel is able to see, and I hope we can see, is that this starts not with God wanting Daniel to be an influencer of Babylon or Babylonia, but really that God wanted Babylon to punish Israel. That, that this had gone on, that, that Jehoiakim had a chance to be an influencer, to lead people back to God, but he did the exact opposite. And so what God's plan was, was to use a different country to punish them. And Daniel knew that. And so as we look at this, I, I think it's important that things that we see as disasters are, are sometimes God trying to get our attention. And it's really sometimes the death of our dream and the beginning of God's plan. When I look at this and I, I think of things seeming to be a disaster but God being in control, the ultimate example of that for me is Good Friday. When we see Jesus arrested, when we see him put on trial, uh, found guilty even though he's innocent, taken to the cross and we watch him suffer and die. His disciples, as they saw that, the people who looked at it, they, it was a disaster. Their, their hope for the future, their king, was dead. But it was in the middle of that disaster that, that not only was God in control, but he was winning the victory, making the payment for our sins. And three days later on Easter, he showed that by his resurrection from the dead. And so, whatever you are facing today, as you think about the disasters that you are seeing in your life, or maybe even in society, where it seems like things are out of control, be assured that God is in control. Now, we go again back to the book of Daniel. So, so now he's being taken off 
uh, to this foreign country and really what they're trying to do is make a Babylonian person out of him. And they're going to do that with school, they're going to do it with diet, dress, culture, uh, all of these different things. And Daniel, you could see how people might think he's a traitor. People saying, I'd rather die than do what Daniel did. But Daniel was a man of faith and he was a man of God. And, and so we see him going along with this to an extent, but, but then these verses. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. Now God had caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel. Again, these words showing that God is in control. Now God had caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel. But the official told Daniel, I am afraid of my Lord the king who has assigned your food and drink. Why should he see you looking worse than any of the other young men your age? The king would then have my head because of you. Daniel then said to the guard, Please test your servant for ten days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the, the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. So he agreed to this and tested them for ten days. Again, I, I pointed it out, how Daniel is able to see God in control and sometimes just in, in little things like God changing a person's heart towards Daniel or, or changing a person's heart towards us, someone who's not even a follower of God. And, and I think what it was that, that the influence that Daniel had on, on this individual was because of his habits and his character how Daniel did live his life, that this person uh, that was sent there to really serve him had a great respect for Daniel. And so he told him, let's try an experiment. Let's try it. Let's try it for 10 days, 10 days to see if eating these vegetables would work. And, and the man agreed to it. We go on. At the end of 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. To these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kind. The, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but again now in verse 17 is, is where it says, God gave knowledge and understanding. And through this whole thing, Daniel was able to see God's hands at work in his life and, and God really being in control at a higher level of everything that was going on. And what Daniel trusted was that doing the right thing, God would bless. And he trusted that, that he would reap what he sowed. And, and that making these healthy choices uh, would, would not affect him in, in a negative way, but it would be good for him as well as everyone else as well. And so as I, I look at this, it, it makes me wonder as we try to be an influence in the world in which we live, that maybe the best way that we can do that 
is simply by doing the right thing. And it makes me think personally, as, as I think of morality in the world and, and so many things that when you look at sexuality and things like that, how they seem to, to be drifting farther and farther away from God. I thank God that for the last 32 years, my wife and I celebrated our 32nd wedding anniversary, that we can also reap what we've sown. And I, I think of that, Tanya and I are not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but we, we do live in godly love towards one another, that we confess our sins to each other and, and practice forgiveness. We forgive and, and love and are faithful to each other. And over 32 years of marriage, our, our track record speaks for itself. And that's why this year, one of the things we're doing uh, is we are going to have a Prepare and Enrich. Tanya and I are gonna do something we've never done. And that is we're going to host a marriage uh, small group and just try to share some of the things, how God has blessed us in our lives and how living a Christian marriage and according to Christian morality is really its own reward. And that's the encouragement for you as well, that as you see yourself as someone who wants to influence the culture, it, it happens by living out the promises of God in your life. That's when people will take notice of you and they will have questions on how and why you do what you do. And it always directs us back to Christ where there is his love and forgiveness. The reading goes on, the end of the reading, eight, verses 18 to 21. At the end of the time set by the king to bring them into his service, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them, and he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's service. In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them 10 times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. And Daniel remained there until the first year of King Cyrus. Daniel wrote the book of Daniel, but I don't know exactly when he wrote it. Uh, that, that as we, we look at this, did he write the first chapter as he looked back to when he was 15 years old did he write it when he was 30? Did he write it when he was 45? Did he have some type of journal where he wrote these things down? But, but an important part is verse 21 that, that might mean nothing to you. And that is, and Daniel remained there until the first year of King Cyrus. That was roughly 70 years later. And Cyrus, was not part of the Babylonian Empire, he was part of the Medes and Persians. And so what happened is Daniel went through a regime change, that Daniel outlived the people who took him into exile and captivity. And in a way, you could say that Daniel's ways stood the test of time. And in the same way, not only do Daniel's ways pass the test of time, but God's ways do as well. That he is the eternal God. 
that he is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the first and the last. And as we see that, that God is working, first of all, through the things that happen in the world and in culture and our lives, first of all, he's doing that to influence you. And he's doing that to influence me so that we can have a perspective like Daniel when we look back at our life, uh, that we can see the events from, from the times farther away and go, wow, now I see that God truly was at work, that God did have a plan, and God was controlling all of that for his purposes and also for his love for me. Daniel was able to see that in his life, and I pray that, that you are able to see it as well. And because now that, that you're able to see that not only in your past, but you can also see that in your present. And you can know that wherever you are right now, it's a place where God has planted you. And he planted you so that you will bloom and that you will grow. And, th and that in your blooming, the blooming of your faith, the blooming of your trust in him, that people will see that and it will have an impact on them that lasts not only a short period of time, but also lasts for an eternity that directs them to God. And also, the, the final point would be that understand that the power of God outlasts any other powers of evil, any other powers of wrong. So this is chapter one. This is chapter one of Daniel and, and just the very beginning of how God is showing his influence on his people and how his people influence the world. And so I hope you are able to make it back next year, or next week, excuse me, as we go to Daniel chapter two. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you that you are active and strong in our lives. We thank you uh, for, for the things that you do that, that we don't completely understand. But Lord, we know that you do it because you love us, love us and care about us and want only what is best for us. Please help us as we face things that seem like disasters now. And Lord, lead them to, to bring us to you, to trust you uh, for everything in our lives. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen.